Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following episode of Bread for the People is brought to you by Side Hustle Bread, Long Island's handcrafted artisanal bread company. Side Hustle Bread is a family-run virtual bakery that's bringing the neighborhood feel back to Long Island one loaf at a time. Head on over to SideHustleBread.com for more information, upcoming appearances, and merchandise. My name's Jim Serpico, and this... Should I start with my name? Or should I start with this is Bread for the People? Do you like it like this? Welcome to Bread... Or do you like it like this? Welcome. Ready? Welcome to Bread for the People. Mind. Is there a script? Welcome to Bread for the People. I'm Jim Serpico. My guest today has worked in the food and beverage industry for almost 10 years. She has experience in sales. Culinary expertise, brand development, brand management, marketing, and a whole lot more. She has her own baking company called A Pound and a Half Cookies and Cupcakes. She also volunteers her time running her food and restaurant group called Dine Long Island. Dine Long Island is a Facebook community helping Long Island food and beverage businesses get their names out in the world. Please welcome my friend, Alyssa Alyssa. Cadiz. Cadiz. <laughs> Otherwise known to me as Guidice. <laughs> yes. Am I the only one who mispronounces your last name? No. 99% of people mispronounce my last name. Cadiz. Yes. So you do a lot, Alyssa. First of all, I would like to tell my listeners who've been following for, it's over a year now. This is, a, I think, my 57th episode. A lot of people who listen are familiar with Side Hustle Bread. I can honestly say that without Alyssa Gadis and the group that she started, Dine Long Island, there would be no Side Hustle Bread. There really wouldn't. I, I have to say, when we first started during um, the pandemic, I, I remember it was the spring of 2020 and we were sitting outside 
and we were trying to get friends to post about us on Dying Long Island. Like we had no connection to you. We didn't know who you were. We barely knew about the group. And like our friends would go on there and write something and then other people would like it. And little by little, it started to build organically and naturally. And somehow, I don't even remember how you and I eventually met. And yeah. you, you've been just so amazing to us. And I'm, I know for a fact you've been amazing to hundreds and hundreds and thousands of restaurants in Long Island. So I'd like to thank you for that. Of course. <laughs> so why don't you tell the listeners a little bit? Let's start with Dying Long Island. Could you tell us what the group is? Sure. So we're a Facebook group that helps restaurants and food businesses get their names out there. It's 100% volunteer-based. We do reviews. We do recommendations. We have contests. We have giveaways. We donate and give back to charities. We do a lot of different things for a, for a little group. <laughs> you do a lot. You have a philosophy, though. When you say you do reviews, you don't really like uh, or allow negative statements on the group. Nope. So we kind of say that every positive review helps a restaurant stay in business one more day. Um, I don't think people realize how like serious a negative review can impact a restaurant. And listen, we all know everyone has bad days. I have bad days. You have bad days. Everybody has bad days. And maybe they have two bad days or three bad days. But, you know, people are just trying to feed their kids. You know, they're trying to build their dreams. And, you know, Things have been very, very different since COVID, and I don't think a lot of people realize how different and how much of a disadvantage COVID had in the restaurant industry, and even for food businesses too. Not, you know, not just excluding restaurants, small businesses, startups, home bakers, you know, people from farmers markets. The pandemic basically ruined, you know, the food and beverage industry. Unfortunately, absolutely, and you know, not your group, but eighty-five percent of people who end up writing a review do so out of anger. They don't generally say, hey, I had a great experience, so I'm going to give these people. And yeah, there are like some foodies that really like to do that for whatever their agenda is. Sometimes it's helping the business. Sometimes it's their own ego, liking to be thought of as a food reviewer. But you know, when I see a friend post a bad review somewhere, I'll challenge them and say, you know, when was the last time you actually wrote a good review? Exactly. We're trying to change the mentality. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, and I don't always believe them, you know? I don't always believe that the one bad review my friend decided to write. It's like, listen, when I'm upset on the airline and they lose my luggage, I'll tweet, I'll write about it. And I guess there's maybe even I guess you could say airlines could make a mistake too. And sometimes I try to bring that mentality with me and not always be that guy uh, that's just complaining because I'm entitled to get my luggage there. <laughs> but I, I love what you guys do. It's just so much positivity in the group. And I saw firsthand with my business, but I also have a lot of friends in the business that I've met within the last three years, some through Dine Long Island, because you do events. And I've yes. been a part of those events. Yeah, all four. <laughs> yeah. And I love that networking opportunity. Yeah. And um, the other thing you do with these events is, is raise money for charities. Mm -hmm. You guys don't make a dime. No, not one dime. It's pretty nuts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, I know. So you have a group of how big and, and what, is it, what does it take to put on? Tell us about the events and what they are. So 
Um, the events are basically giant farmers markets and a craft fair combined, I guess we can say. And we give proceeds to charity for our first event. I picked three charities that were near and dear to me. Second event, second and third event, it was two. Uh, we had the members nominee charities and we did at random.org. So it was fair. And then the last chat, the last event we chose um, as my admin team and my event team, um, we chose those two charities as well. So we kind of hit all the major sectors So we did like childhood cancer. We did cops and firemen and first responders. We did uh, animal rescue and we did a charity that helps build like ramps and things like that for disabled adults and children. That's awesome. Yeah. And I believe you've raised over $50,000 between the four events? Between the four events, yes. And then with our Dine Ally Gives Back program that we did during the pandemic where we fed the hospital units and then we did the charity event with Phil's Pizza, we raised, I think we're at about $76,000 total so far since the group started. So it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty fun. (laughs) So these events, you're basically putting together a collection of restaurants, food vendors, craft vendors, all to come in one place. Yep. And then it's a ticketed event to the public, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, if we go all the way back to the first one you ever did, it was a piece of cake, right? Oh, that was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, I mean, it was great, like, planning it. It's just that rain and that torrential downpour literally, <laughs> like, broke me as a person. Like, that was just horrible trying to get a tent last minute telling everyone to bring tents it was a huge success regardless of the torrential downpour we had we almost the tent almost blew away we almost like had to pay the tent company for a brand new tent oh it was it was (laughs) it was a rough one but we got through it thankfully the sun came out and it was a great turnout now before we got up to the day of the event i remember six (laughs) weeks before talking to you yeah and you had never done anything like this before. No. And a lot of the vendors that do this stuff, especially the first one, it wasn't as many restaurants, right? So it was... We didn't have any restaurants at the first one. Right. So it was yeah. no... So, so there wasn't really a ton of people with true experience, including the vendors. Because a lot of the vendors go to some of these small types of things and they don't necessarily have the proper permits from the health department. Yes. You were immediately... Because you had, at the time, twenty to 25,000 members. Now you're well over yeah, we're 35 41. to 40. Yeah. yeah. Right. But you were still on everyone's radar because that's a lot of people. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the health department knows what's going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there were obstacles. Yeah. Well, no, that right? was the second one. Oh, that was the second that one? That was the second one. Yeah. The first one was, was fine. It was the second one we had all the issues. Why, why did it change? What? But, well, like, how come there was no health department issues on the first one? Um, because I, I guess it's the difference between Nassau and Suffolk, just the different okay. rules and regulations. Nassau is pretty cool. Suffolk is not as cool. Um, sorry. <laughs> well, if you're I think they're cool because I'm applying to the Suffolk Health Department <laughs> right now. Oh. <laughs> for for an annual permit and an inspection on my new food truck. I don't know if you're Yay, aware of this. Yes, congratulations. Awesome. So excited Thank for you. Thank you. So I love the Suffolk Health Department. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but they are known, and I spoke about this on last week's podcast. If you can pass Suffolk, you can pass any county in the country. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. They're tough. 
So what were some of the challenges with the vendors and the health department for the second one? Well, we got an anonymous complaint about our event for both locations. So I guess someone was out to get me, which is fine. You know, we, we worked through it. So the first one, they said we weren't allowed to have ice. So no vendors were allowed to have ice. We weren't allowed to have, there's like a bunch of things that I just don't remember. It was like a while ago, but like, there's a lot of things we could not have. And like, I was like in the process of like renting a refrigerated truck. Like we were trying to make this work and it just, there was just so many no, 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 no. And a lot of the vendors were like, screw this. Like, I don't, I don't want to be involved with this. Like if I can't have my product, what's the point? So Amanda from Plainview Puffs, who is a, and they're no longer um, in business, but they like found me the mall and doing trying to transition a whole event in two weeks to a new location, trying to tell people it's a new location, like people who bought tickets, trying to sell tickets to a new location, trying to work with the Nassau County Health Department with a two week time frame, trying to get everyone's permits in, everyone's licenses in. It was a uh, it was a challenge, but you know I have to say Melanie from Nassau County Health Department, she's an absolute angel. She walked me through the process. I think I know more about the Nassau County rules and regulations for vendors and farmers markets than I think anybody else does. Um, That's right. But she was she's unbelievable, and with all her help and guidance and her education and everything, like she. Like, God bless her soul. Like, that's why right. the third and fourth one was so smooth because I'm like, I know everything. <laughs> you do know everything. Everything. <laughs> and I remember after the first one, I spoke to you maybe the day after and you said, I'm never doing this again. Oh, yeah. I know. And, and then <laughs> Four later. a week later, <laughs> later, you announced you were doing another one. And then you said it again. Yeah. You said, I'm never doing mm-hmm. this again. <laughs> and then you kept doing them. But I knew you were going to learn everything there is to know about it. Yeah. And now it's not that hard. No, but now like it's done. We're officially not doing any more. <laughs> officially. Right. I'm done with the farmers market events. Done. <laughs> you are. Okay. I am. That's official. I mean, we have no space. We gotta find a new mm-hmm. space because the mall's going under construction and it's it's a lot of work for a team of five people. You know, and like it's hard to like get people to help because it is volunteer based. So it is really difficult. But if I can find right. a space and I could, you know find some additional help, um, you know, that would be great. I'd probably do another one, but it's just the mall was such a perfect location. It was centrally located. People knew where it was. You know, we had our events there. We have a good reputation with them. So it's kind of stinks that we were losing them. But, you know, like I said, if I can find a big enough space that's not $40,000, I will absolutely do another one. (laughs) All right. If anybody's listening that has a space they could recommend or donate to a great cause... Let us know. Please do. <laughs> so you you have five, only five volunteers on your staff. Uh, and there, right. there's a lot of them that are your family. Yeah. So actually, <laughs> I have two divisions. I have my event team and I have my, my actual day-to-day admins. We did lose a couple admins in the last few months for, for various reasons. Nothing negative, though. All just, you know, things going on. Life got too busy, blah, blah, blah. But... Yeah, so our event team has like seven or eight, and then my admin team now is down to four, including myself. Wow. Yeah. Where did you find everyone? So I originally started the group with my mom. Um, I came up with the idea with her on the phone because I got kicked off of another review page and I got pissed off. Um, 
And well, then, well, you got to stop right there. Why'd you get kicked off? Because I recommended a restaurant I did a wine dinner at when I was in the wine side of the business. They considered okay. it promoting family and friends. Okay. So and, and they threw you off. Me. So I called my mom and I was like, "All right, time for me to start. Time for us to start our own thing." Because we were going back and forth with it for a while, and I know you know my mom as well. So we were just kind of going back and forth with it, and I just like pulled the trigger that day. And then we both work full time, so we needed someone to run it during the day. Like this is before post approval. This is before the pandemic. This is before everything was like, you know, crazy and and things like that. So. I'm like, we need someone to run it day to day just to monitor it. Originally, we did allow negative reviews, like we can't, but we didn't get a lot because that's not like the vibe that we were going for. But like, we, you know, just someone to moderate those, just to watch the comments, things like that. And we asked Susan to, to come apart with us because she likes to be part. She, she's admin in a couple groups, so she's pretty good with all that stuff. So we're like, all right, here's the trio. And we started the page. And about a week later, we took on um, another friend of mine. Nivea at the time. And then after Nivea, we're like, okay, this is very female dominated. Now we need a male presence. So I've been uh, talking to Larry Kay and I'm like, Larry, need help. I need a guy, you know, like you're in the business too, you know, come on with me. And he came on and then I took my cousin Dana on and then I took my friend Jackie on. Um, so yeah, everyone that is in my admin team is connected to me or connected to the food. Well, everyone's connected to me, but like, or in the food and beverage industry in some sort of way, just to keep the, the page relevant. Right. Why do you think that Long Island food and beverage businesses are having such a t- hard time staffing? I mean, obviously everyone says that nobody wants to work. I don't real. I really don't have an answer for that. I mean, it could just be the. It could be the hours. The hours are terrible. It could be working the holidays. It could be working the weekends. It could. I mean, maybe they're just not making enough money. And to, I, I don't really know the answer to that question. I can't blame it on staff issues. I mean, sorry for economy for the uh, the stimulus checks. I really don't know why they're having trouble finding staff. I mean, every single day I get at least five to six texts. Oh, do you, need a, do you know a bartender? Do you know a server? I need a general manager. This one just quit. This one just quit. You know, and I'm just like, oh, no, I don't know anyone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I noticed that Newsday tends to write articles about restaurants that have closed. Mm-hmm. And they may differ from what I'm about to say, but I don't see them celebrating existing restaurants or giving new life into existing restaurants. They may talk about a restaurant that is opening. And I would say at least 50% of the articles are are spent on this place closed (laughs) that they haven't written about in 15 years. Yeah. I mean, I don't really like follow that stuff, but yeah, it seems like I'm seeing a lot of, even like all of them, greater Long Island is always, but they go back and forth with, with current, like restaurants, you know, Long Island Press, same thing. It's just, I guess, people care more about what's closing than actually what's in front of them. And I think mm-hmm. that's part of the problem as well. Like, everyone's so fixated on what's opening and what's closing that everyone kind of forgets about, you know, the everyday mom and pop who's just trying to keep their doors open. And I, I say it every day. I know about 15 places closing within the next month. It's another empty storefront. It's another, you know, chain place or you know another 
something, another bank, another whatever, another gym going in and we're losing, you know, the whole going out to eat, socializing, you know, op- new celebrating new restaurants opening, you know, and or it's the same group opening multiple locations, the thing, which is awesome. And I'm really happy for them, you know, like, but it's just like, I think people are just forgetting, like, your local mom and pop, your local pizzeria down the street, or, you know, the place that, you know, was great six months ago, and I haven't been back because I just forgot about it. And I think, you know, the we try in my group to repurpose it. We try, we do the feature biz of the day to keep places relevant every single day. Um, and a lot of places that I personally learn about it, just reading my own, you know, approving posts and reading my own group and, and doing the feature business of the day. Like I'm just like Googling restaurants in Corum, restaurants in Patchogue. And I'm like, Oh, I, I passed that place 500 times. I never went in time for me to check them out. So it's, it's really important to, to patronize. And like, there's nothing more, like inspiring to a restaurant owner than getting a positive review. Like it's really, they just like love it. They, but it's, it's so cute. Like I, I go to some of my accounts and I'm like, Oh look, you were written on, you know, dining alive today. And they get like so happy. There's smiles on their face. Like really what to say. And I'm like, read it, read it. <laughs> so it, it's, that's great. It's cute. I yeah. mean, they work so hard. They barely yeah. have time to check social media Yeah, mm-hmm. and it is going to bring more people in the door. So it, yeah. it kind of does matter. Yeah. It does. And, you know, like the restaurants can post on the group. Like, it's completely free. We don't charge. A lot of places don't take advantage of it when they should. It's really a great platform. And as you said, it's helped your business significantly. And I know a bunch of other places that it's helped significantly just by making a post and introducing yourself and just giving people that connection. Like, hey, like, I own this place, but I want to get to know you too. And it, it, it's good. It's it's, I love it. I absolutely love it. As you can see, I'm smiling like crazy when I talk yeah, about it. Definitely. But. I mean, I'm glad to share your passion with everyone who's listening. You know, we, we were, we use the platform. We, we weren't, Yeah. you've actually said it to us, but I, I, I wouldn't say we're very shy about posting on there when, no. you know, we need to, uh, I mean, we, we don't, we're in a weird spot. We don't, bake regularly right now. So, but if I was, I would be posting almost every week. I would try not to take advantage of it and not post more than that. But you should. And once a day is because with the algorithms and stuff, even though you feel like you're posting once a day is a lot, you know, you're reaching a new person every single day because of the algorithm. On your page? On my page, yeah. Obviously, okay, I like, thought- we have a nighttime crew, we have a daytime like you have a, mm-hmm. you know, so people if no matter what time you post, it could be daily. You know, really? you're getting I, I a new clientele. Yeah, every day. You I post. thought we would be accused of, or you would be accused of letting a, an establishment or business hog up the page. Because I know that's happened. I know. Oh, it's happened. But no, I mean, no. But it has nothing to do with you, by the no, way. No, it has nothing to do with me. I just hit proof. My team exactly. gets approved. You know, like, it's what it's there for. It's, it's not... You know, it's not a page where we're like, you can post once a week. No, because if you have a, you know, Monday's ladies night or, you know, or Margarita Monday, Thursday's ladies night, like, you know, if you're not posting, people don't know that and you could be losing a customer that way. Right. You know, with my food truck, we're going to be moving around. Yeah. Uh-huh. We're not going to be in one place. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be important for us if we ever get to Suffolk Health, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Health Department to approve everything to let people know. When would you decline a, a post? Like how often, um, out of all the people that submit a post, how often do you have to decline it? We probably, 
decline maybe like three or four posts a day. Either it's because it's um, a lot of people write reviews on their personal page and try to share it. So if it's yeah. not a public profile, we can't put on. So like we'll decline that or like people will delete posts, like businesses will make a post in the morning, delete it at the end of the day. And then it says like content not available. So like we'll decline that. If duplicated posts, some people post three times on accident. They don't mean to. Um, those will get declined. Negative reviews get declined. But those very rarely come in maybe once or twice a week. If Not even. I mean, like once a week we get a negative review, if that. But yeah, we're not really declining too much. It's just, you know, the st- stupid little things that, or, you know, that don't make sense yeah. to be on the page either. Have you ever been called out for not allowing the negative reviews? And oh, all people the time. being upset? All the time. What's I've, their argument? They're like, you're, the basic thing is like, you're limiting our views and our wants and whatever. And most of the time, like when I see a negative review and I know the owner, like I'll screenshot it and I'll be like, listen, take care of this. Like make it right. Like let's chant, let's turn this into a positive experience. And Nine times out of ten, they wrote a follow-up review like, oh, the owner reached out to me and made the, made the situation right. Or the owners are like, that's exactly what did not happen. Like, that didn't right. happen. I was there. This is, this is what transpired. You know, like, I've actually had video proof sent to me about a negative review. Like, the guy had the whole thing on camera. Like, it was right. crazy. And listen, there's three sides to every story. But, yeah, I, all the time I get called out. But I said, like, we're not a review page. We're a restaurant empowerment. And, you know... We're like that type of page. Like we're just looking to help the business, like the industry. We're not looking to hurt it. But yeah, all the time I get called out for not allowing negative reviews. What's in this for you? Why do you do it? Because I love it. <laughs> like that's literally it. I do it because I, my whole life, I like to help those who are hurting. And, you know, like I was always the the girl who went over to the person at the lunch table who had no one sitting with them. Or, you know, I always, when I was 20 one or 22, I started a networking group that helped like small businesses like myself at the time and like stay-at-home moms who had like the direct sales businesses and, you know, people we deal with the the farmer's markets and the craft fairs who are just trying to get their names out there. And like, they weren't allowed to be in network, like professional networking groups because what they do wasn't considered like a business or whatever. So I did a networking group and I did events for them. Those are more like mixers and they were on a little bit of a larger scale as well and I always kind of like find things that need help and I want to fix it and I'm in the in the food and beverage industry I love it I went to school for it it's what I know it's what I research it's what I do and it's just right now that's the biggest pain point and it just needs a lot of help and I just want to help them you won a big award last year can you tell us about that yeah, so I was awarded on um, the Town of Huntington's 30 Under 30 Young Professionals Award. It's amazing. Yeah. It's a big accomplishment. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you should be proud. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So you mentioned you're in the food and beverage industry. Can you tell us a little bit about, your, I, I assume you're talking about your day job. So full time, I work for uh, Southern Wine Spirits. Um, I work specifically on the Tito's uh, Handmade Vodka Portfolio. I don't really talk about it too much, but yeah, that's what I do for my full-time job. I was in restaurants for the past two and a half, like two-ish years. And um, a couple weeks ago, I just switched back over to retail and liquor stores. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, you have a bakery. I do. Yes, I do. A pound and a half. A pound and How'd a half. How'd you come up with the name? My mother. 
credit to her. Yeah. Credit to her. When I was in college, I went to school. Uh, I went to Monmouth University for a year to be a teacher. And it just like really wasn't for me. And I worked at Iverone Brothers in Woodbury. I was like a little like assistant baker. And I was like doing like just like, you know, family and friends, like everybody else starts out, you know, 18 years old. And my mom's like, oh, you should open your own business. And I was like, okay. I'm like, what am I going to call it? She goes, every Italian goes into a bakery and says they want a pound and a half of cookies. And I was like, okay, (laughs) I'm 18 years old. What do I know? I'm like, okay, mom, that's fine. And then I never really thought it would turn into what it is today. But yeah, that's how it. What is it today for the listeners that don't know? So this is my 12th year in business. I do the giant cookie cakes. I used to do cupcakes and a bunch of other things, but my full-time job got too demanding and ingredient prices are through the roof. So I had to cut my product line significantly. So right now I'm just offering the cookie cakes. Okay. And you do a few a week. How does it work? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's ordered basis. This The past month has been insane with the college commitments. I've been doing an average of 75 to 150 a week the past four wow. weeks. Yeah, and it's not slowing down <laughs> probably until 4th of July. So between all three jobs, I'm... I'm pretty burnt out right now, but it's okay. I'm going away for a couple of days next week for a wedding. So at least I have a minute to relax. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So what's on the horizon for Dine Long Island? Anything new? Yeah, we have something new coming. Well, we did have something new coming and then my life got in the way. Hopefully it's supposed to be done by the end of the year. I think I got to push it into next year, but I'm not going to say what it is yet just because I don't have it like actually fleshed out yet, but exciting things are coming. Okay. Yeah. That sounds really cool. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have any advice for up and coming bakers that want to start something out of their home like you did? Please don't. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. We love it. No, I know. Um, I mean, just put your heart and soul into it and you have to sell yourself along with selling your products. Don't lie. Don't put fake profile pictures of things that are not your product online and selling it off as your product. I do decline people's posts who do that. And I do message them and tell them that that's not okay. You can't take other people's work and pass it off as your own. And just, you know, network yourself. The moms groups are fantastic. That's how I grew my business, all on moms groups and, and craft groups and things like that. And, you know, just don't give up. It's a challenging business. You're, you know, you have zero life. You know, I could tell you I spent my entire 20s building a business. And now I'm going to be 30 and I'm like, okay, did I waste my 20s? Like I did nothing fun. And, and Tim, will, Tim will tell you that, my boyfriend Tim, and he'll, he yells at me all the time. He's like, we never do anything fun. You're always working. But I know in the long run, well, it's, it's going to you're, you're choosing these things. I mean, you're doing a lot. You're making yeah, good choices. I know. But you must get something out of it. You love it. You're doing yeah. a great job. I know you certainly helped us. And on behalf of all the restaurants that I associate with, I know they're all grateful and we all would like to thank you. No, no problem. (laughs) All right, Alyssa, we'll be in touch. All right. Thank you for doing that. Of course. This episode of Bread for the People was brought to you by Side Hustle Bread, Long Island's handcrafted artisanal bread company. Side Hustle Bread is a family-run business that's bringing the neighborhood feel back to Long Island one loaf at a time. If you like what you're hearing, Don't forget to head on over to iTunes and rate and review this episode. Reviewing and rating is the most effective way to help us grow our audience. 
This episode was produced by Milestone TV and Film. I'm your host, Jim Serpico. Blessed be the bread, everyone. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.